Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Merry Christmas to all of y'all. Last night we had our Christmas Eve service and we had so many texts full of the proclamation of the promise of Christ and what he would do and how he came to be with us, how he came to be born. And then tonight, we, we have to, sorry, tonight, today, and see how much sleep I got last night. Um, today, we have one of the texts that we had last night, but it's a little bit expanded. And for this morning, it would probably help for us to really take John's gospel and, and not take all of it because we would be here for a long time to take some of it and to really just unpack it. I mean, John's gospel is just wonderful. It's, it's beautiful in, its, in, in, in how poetic it is and, and speaking these wonderful truths in such a simple way and making it all the more profound because of it. That in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. What we have here is a wonderful proclamation that John is saying what I'm telling you right now in my gospel is just as important as what you read at the beginning. That, that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But I'm going to tell you how. He did it through his word. And I love to point this out. The word is, is in our translations at least, I think rightly capitalized, W-O-R-D. The word, the the, the, the logos, as it says in Greek, the word by which all things that were made were made, that through him all things were made, that is, the pre-incarnate Christ, that God is known by what he does, and what God does is he speaks, and when he speaks, he creates. That when he says that something is so, so it is. It's just wonderful. That in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. If you know the King James, it says that the darkness has not comprehended it. I think I kind of like that a little bit better. The darkness does not understand. The darkness cannot comprehend light. The darkness even hates the light. When the light shines in the darkness, the darkness turns away and says, I don't want that. It's like Adam when he fell and he said, it's the woman that you gave me, God. She did this. And then the woman says, that serpent deceived me and I ate. The darkness wants to point blame. The darkness does not want to take 
to take, to take responsibility for sin. And so God sends the one who does take responsibility. The darkness does not comprehend the light that shines and that swallows up darkness forever. That the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him because it was darkness. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That is speaking both of Christ and us. That we are born again through his will and not by the will of man. Through his will of salvation and pouring out his blood for us on the cross, we are saved that we have been brought out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We have become children of God by his will and not our own. And it's all because the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And from his, and from his, his fullness we have received grace upon grace. The climax of this prologue in John's gospel is verse, is verse, verse 14. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. There's been a lot of misconceptions about what that really means, that somehow it is just, it's just inherently beneath God to have anything to do with us. Some people go so far as to say that, well, the flesh, the flesh by itself is just too lowly for God. That, that's what makes the incarnation so great. But we're not taking into account God's will and creation in the, in the beginning before sin. That God actually created man for communion with him. Man was made to commune with God. I, you, may, you, you may think this is a bit of a stretch, but I think it was, and I think Luther says this too, that it was always part of the plan that God would be made flesh, that man would be united with God in that way. And because of sin, the reason changed, that he takes on our flesh, not because our flesh by itself was created horrible, but because it had fallen into the darkness of sin and death. That's what makes it truly great, that God himself, who is perfect and, and, and without spot or blemish, takes our filthy rags of flesh and bone and makes them clean. That within himself, in the person of Christ, dwells God and man. 
that within it is two natures. Theologians have spilt a lot of ink about this over the many, many years. But suffice it to say that the glory of God is shown in the person of Christ for what he does in humbling himself to be made in the likeness of a sinner, though he knew no sin. That he takes our sin upon himself to kill it, to sacrifice it, to do away with it once and for all. That when John says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, all throughout John's gospel, the glory is not seen in things like the transfiguration. The glory is not seen in his healings and his great works. In John's gospel, the glory is his cross. That Jesus says throughout John's gospel, now is the time for the Son of Man to be glorified and lifted up. And we read that to mean lifted up on his cross. That in his cross, we see light and darkness. That with the eyes of faith, we see the brightness of God's glory. The Son of God sacrificing himself for us when we don't deserve it. But with our, with our plain eyes, we see a painful death by itself. That within the cross there is this fine line of darkness and light. But for those of us who did, who, did, who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God and to see what the cross truly is. That the cross is glory in its fullest sense. It is, God's, it is, it is the Son of God's glorification before, before the eyes of the world. That when we read that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, we can read that the word became flesh to suffer and die. So that we who were dead may have life. So that you can read where it says there that in him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not comprehended it. That, that the life came among the dead, and the dead did not comprehend life. But thanks be to God that he has given us his Holy Spirit, that he has washed us clean and given us the eyes of faith to see this wonderful gift of Christ being born for us so that from his fullness we shall we shall we shall shall receive grace upon grace so that we may know God as he has been made known in Christ himself for the forgiveness of our sins and that as we gather today we would keep these things in mind as we come and partake of his body and his blood because Christ says if you do not partake of my flesh and blood, you do not have life in you. So those of us who have life and who understand this great gift, who, who know what Christ has done for us, who know what he does for us here in this meal, in this great 
gift, we can be strengthened with his light and his life so that the darkness, so that the darkness, so that the darkness, excuse me, so that the, so that the darkness will not overcome us. Um, excuse me. And the peace of God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.